Good evening to those in the social media. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship. We thank you for listening to us on a weekly basis. We're coming to you with our weekly message. And we've been talking about um, drifting. You need to ask yourself the question, have I drifted away from God? Uh, have I drifted away? Have I come become disconnected with God? And I don't have a, that close relationship with him anymore, the interrelation with the more because you no know, life happens and you've gotten away and maybe something happened which caused you to just, you know, distance yourself. And you're no longer doing anything that you used to do. And we talked about a lot of things that that we need to do to make sure we stay connected, that we don't drift. We talked about praying. We talked about how you need to have a prayer life uh, community. We talked about how you need to have community, you know, it means fellowship with people, connected with a ministry that can help you. You need people. And then we also talked about the scriptures, how you need to spend time in the scriptures to stay connected to God. These things are so valid, valid, important in order to stay connected because, you know, we say, hey, you know, I'm saved and I'm going to heaven and that's good. We praise God. But Jesus died for an intimate, close relationship with his people. And in order to be effective in this land that we live in, in order to live a, you know, I often say people, you know, there's a difference between abundant life and eternal life. When you got saved, you receive eternal life. But maybe you're not living um this abundant life that Jesus promised us. He said, I've come that you may have life and have a more, more abundantly. One version said, to the full, to the overflow. So is your life in the overflow? Okay. And so we want to live this abundant life. Now, if you're not living the abundant life, uh, maybe you drifted away. You've drifted away from God. And this is installment number seven. This is the last one before we go to something else. But tonight we're going to talk about serving. Okay. This is another thing. In order to keep from drifting, you must be in service, serving God. And we're going to talk about, well, how do we do that? So service is extremely important. Okay. So we need to understand about serving. So serving Another way of our natural tendency towards self-centeredness, okay, plays out in our drifting away from, from serving others. So this is another one we talked about last week about how you're self-centered, you know, being focused on yourself, being consumed with yourself, okay? And so this is another way we have a tendency, self-centeredness that plays out is that we drift away from serving other people. You know, you're not serving your ministry. You're no longer part serving your ministry. We no longer um, have a desire to to allow God to lead us to help people. So and this is the thing we need to focus on. So service is very key to not drifting from God. So and sure, you uh, we, we feel great when we help someone. And we get this warm, fuzzy feeling that um, you did something good and noble. Um, but the question is, who who will want that? We all want that for the feeling we do something good. But the problem is that 
that feeling fades away quickly and that potential for warm, warm fuzziness isn't always enough to motivate you to wake up early and help someone move or headed to a church, um, you know, for the, what the 17th or 18th in a row, do kids ministry. So it's not enough just to have the fuzzy feeling when you help somebody. We all feel good when you help somebody. But that feeling fades away. Okay, feeling don't last. So it's got to become a commitment to serve people, whether it's in your ministry, to help someone move, to help someone do something. Okay, so it's got to be more than just this fuzzy feeling that you you long for, you know, that makes you feel good. No, serving has to be from the heart, has to be a commitment, no matter whether you feel and have this fuzzy feeling or not. So the question is, what do we do? All right, so we, we, we've had a, a theme here. We've had a theme and, and to stay connected, to stay anchored to God and applying a little discipline to your habits will do wonders for avoiding this drifting. You got to stay anchored, okay? So if you want to avoid drifting, you got to stay anchored and you got to be disciplined in order to avoid this. So you got to want to do, you got to be disciplined. Okay. One off serving opportunity are great. Okay. So you get what you may have an opportunity. That's great. Okay. But, and we should always do what we can to help someone else when God puts us, put the opportunity in front of us. Okay. But one of the most transformational things that I've learned is committing to serving regularly somewhere. Okay. So we're not just talking about, not just talking about every now and then you do, you know, something good and help somebody out, you know, give somebody some money or help somebody do something, you know, be a blessing. We're not talking about just, you know, one here and then two months you do something. Um, we're talking about a, a a regular commitment to somewhere. And that means that goes back. We talked about community fellowship, you know, in a, in a ministry, in some type of church and ministry setting where you are constant fellowship with people. This is regularly on a cons- weekly or monthly or, con- you know, weekly basis. This could be at your church, okay? Volunteer in number of community organizations or tutoring someone who needs help with their grades. Um, set set a recurring and weekly opportunity to serve somebody else as a way of expressing your love for the Lord, who do wonders would do wonders, excuse me, for your spiritual growth. Okay, it's, you, you'd be amazed at what this can do. For your spiritual growth, if you may be committed to these things. See, this is part of your spiritual growth. This is part of maturing and growing in the Lord is serving. And then once again, you you it will keep you from drifting if you get committed and grounded somewhere where you can do service for the Lord, whatever. And I just named whether it's in church, whether it's, you know, volunteer work, you know, tutoring somebody, whatever the case may be. 
But, you know, because the Bible says whatever you do, do it unto the Lord. OK, so we need to understand that, hey, serving is part of your spiritual growth. It helps you grow. So the question is, what 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 are you good at? OK, we all good at something. And all the question is, what are you interested in? OK. Uh, how has God wired you? How can you, you you use that to serve someone else regularly? Okay, and this is something we need to pray about. You know, pray about um, that God will show you opportunities. You know that He has for us in serving. You got to pray about it. Spend time in prayer with God, seeking Him, and says, "You know what, God, you show me what where you want me to go, what you want me to do." How can I serve you in the community? How can I serve you in my church? How can I serve you, you know, wherever God places you service? Because like I said, it's part of your spiritual growth and it will definitely keep you from drifting. So we're going to lift up two scriptures tonight. Just want to lift up two. Of course, I always have many, many more scriptures, but I just want to, for the time limit that I have, for the time frame, just want to lift up these two scriptures. And we're going to first look at... Um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. And I'm reading from a New Living Translation. And it says here, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. Think about that. He said we're God's masterpiece. You and I, we are God's masterpiece. We are the best thing he he made, even though we don't act like it, even though we have flaws, but it says here, Paul says to the, God says to the writer Paul here, that we're God's masterpiece. But I want you to pay attention to the this, this second part. It says he has created us anew in Christ Jesus, okay? He's created us anew. So we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. So God has a plan for the good things that you're supposed to do. He already planned it out. So how do we do that? We seek him, as I said before. We seek and pray about opportunities to plan things that God has for us so we can serve. So just kind of explain this verse. It says there's a, a vast difference between being saved by good works and being saved unto good works, as stated here. Notice the difference. You're not saved. You're not being saved by your good works, but you're being saved unto good works. Okay, good works do not gain our salvation, okay? But they do affirm that salvation has been received into someone's lives. Let me say it again. So your good works don't gain you salvation. Okay, understand that Jesus paid for your salvation, what he did on Calvary. Okay, so your good works don't gain you salvation, but good works um, can affirm that salvation has been received in that person's life. Okay, it can affirm it, but good works don't save you. Good works cannot produce a new nature. Remember, it, it talks about here, what does it say? It says he has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So good works can't produce a new nature, but a new nature should produce good works. Let me say that again. Good works cannot produce a new nature. The new nature that you got came from Jesus Christ and what he did on Calvary. But a new nature should produce 
good works. If you are saved, you should be producing good works hundred by serving in some capacity somewhere. Okay, so understand that. You're not saved by your works. But when you're saved, it should produce good works. There's a big difference. Um, it's today's English version translate this the this verse we're talking about 10 as God has made us what we are. And in our union with Christ Jesus, He has created us for a life of good deeds. God has created us for a life of good deeds. He has, He has created us for a life of good deeds which has he has already prepared for us to do so god already got things prepared for you to do good works he's already prepared it for you 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 say well okay i don't know what they are well this is how we go into prayer and we seek the lord as to what he has already planned for us to do in this life okay so if you're not seeking him then you're not gonna know what to do Okay, God has ordained a perfect plan for each of our lives. Okay, He has, and but He He does not force the plan to come to pass. We have a choice. See, here's the thing about it. So understand this, and this is I think is a very key point. God has, has a perfect plan for your life. That's right, you your your perfect life. I mean, a perfect plan for your life. But guess what? He's not going to force it on you. God's not going to make you do what he has planned for you to do. It's your choice. You can choose to do it or you can choose not to do it. That's your choice. And he's not going to punish you. You know, he's not going to, um, you know, throw something bad on you. But guess what? Your life is not going to have the fulfillment. As we talked about earlier, you're not going to... Um, be walking in the abundant life that God promised us. Okay, because I believe that in you doing what God has planned for you to do in your life, that is what is part of the abundant life. It's part of the abundant life or having a fulfilled life. Because see, you can you, you can have a lot of stuff. Your life can be full of stuff. But not you can still not be fulfilled. And you can have all the cars and the clothes and you know the house, the money. You can have all that, but still not be fulfilled. Because we see it all the time, and you know um, the Hollywood, the successful people. Sometimes those people are miserable. Some um, commit suicide because they're just not happy. Because all those things. Um, didn't fulfill them, even though they got them. And so we're talking about a fulfilled life. We're talking about an abundant life that God promised us. But once again, he's not going to force you. So understand, okay, God is not going to force you to do the plan that he has for your life. He gave us a choice. We are free more agents. Yeah, he still loves you. He's still going to bless you. You know, he's still going to, you know, he, the Bible said the, the blessings ran on the just as well as the unjust. If you, even if you're saved, you're not doing what God called you to do. If you're not serving, 
you know, once again, if you're not serving, then there's a problem. There's a possibility you have drifted away. You've lost your enthusiasm for serving God. And but once again, he's not going to force you. I mean, that's what I love about God. That's what you should love about him, because he's not he's not a God that forces us, even when we don't do everything he asks us to do, because nobody does everything perfectly. But when you don't do what God asks you to do, he don't punish you. He says, I made you a free more agent and I want you to choose me because one way you know somebody loves you is that they choose you out of all the options. They can have a whole lot of options, but when they choose you, then that makes you feel loved. And God wants us to choose him the same way he chose you. He wanted, he wanted us to reciprocate that love and show it back to him. Now, he doesn't, you don't show it, he's going to be okay. And he's still not going to um, stop loving you. But you need to understand that it is a choice. So he's not going to make you do it. Okay, now let's look at the second scripture. The second, the last second scripture for tonight is First John chapter 3. And we're going to read verses 16 through 18. And here's what it says. It says, we know that real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need, but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let, let's not merely say we love each other. Let's us show the truth by our action. Now, this is pretty strong. This is pretty, and it really gets down to the point. I love the New Living because it really gets down where it explains it. Because it starts off by saying what, how we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So if you want to know what real love looks like, and you want to see it in action, if you want to know what it is, just think about it. It says, that's what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us, even though we didn't deserve it, even though we did not was messing up. And Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for you. So he demonstrated what real love is. Love, real love is sacrificial love. You sacrifice. Okay. You sacrifice. It's sacrificial love. Okay. And he goes on to say that we we are the so because we know what real love is, we are to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. And he goes on to spell out and says, if someone has enough money to live well and see the brother and sister in need but show no compassion, how can how can excuse me, how can God's love be in that person? So he spells it out for us here. He said, if you've got enough, God has blessed you with more than enough, and you see somebody in need your brother and sister in need and you won't help them. It says you're not, the love of God is not in you. And it goes on to say that, Hey, don't just merely talk about it. We got to show it. Service. We're talking about service here. So it says God's true agape love produces action. So this is an agape love. What's the definition of agape love? Agape love is motivated by purpose not by emotion. See, we like to feel the goosebumps. We like to feel love. But even when you're not feeling love, God paid love still does 
what it's supposed to still demonstrates action. Even when you don't get love back from the other person, it's still demonstrating. Because why? Because we don't always give God the love back that he deserves. But he never stops blessing us. His love never stops. He never gives up on us. So he didn't. So, so true God pay love produces action. Those who say they have this true God kind of love, but don't have a compassion for those around them that expresses itself in action are deceived. So you're deceived. If you don't express that God pay love to other people in action, if it's, if it's not expressed, you if you say you love people, you say you love God, but it's not sent in action, if you're not serving in any capacity, then it's that you're deceiving yourself. You're deceived. You're not, you're not really serving. You're not really showing the love of God, this agape love that Jesus gave to us freely that you're not giving to other people. True love has, has, true love has to have actions just as faith without works is dead. And we know James with us, James 22 and 20 says that the true love has to have action just as faith without works is dead. James said faith without works is dead. James said, hey, you say you have faith, but there's no action. Man. It says your faith is dead. Just like love. You say you love somebody, but it has no action. Your love, you deceiving. You, you, you deceive yourself. God's love, God, excuse me, God is love and God always acts on his love because that's who he is. God always acts on his love. God didn't say he just say he loves us and don't act on it. He always acts on us. He doesn't just have love. He doesn't express Okay, God don't have love that he don't express. It's impossible because he, the very essence of him is love. So he doesn't just have love that he doesn't express. But said God so loved the world that he acted on it. That's what John 3 says. So God so loved that he gave. When you give something, that's an action. So God so loved the world that he acted on it. He acted on a world that did not love him back. So we, if we have God's kind of love, we will have corresponding actions also. So the, the God kind of love has a corresponding action with it. It's not merely in words. It is also in service. But we serve God. We serve him. It's in action. People can see um, not only that we say it, but people can see it. It is absolutely wrong to think that a person loves, but acts opposite of that love. So you can't say you love somebody and then act just the opposite of that. You can't say you love God and don't serve in no capacity. In other words, your love has no actions. Those who say they love someone, but then hurt that person, only loves themselves. So you can't say you love somebody and then hurt them. 
you know, when you know that what you did hurts them and then you constantly do the same thing over and over again, but you tell that person you love them. No, you don't. And that's you're deceiving yourself. Once again, said you're deceiving yourself. It is never it never was a true kind of love. If you're doing that, it never was a true kind of love. If you hurt somebody that you say you love, it would never was a true kind of love when when the one they love did something against them, they reacted according to their self-love. So, you know, somebody did something to you and then you took revenge. Well, that's self-love because revenge is self-love means that I'm going to get back. I mean, I love myself. So, you know, what? I'm going to get you back. So that's self-love. Okay. Love never works ill toward its neighbor. And that's Romans 13 and 10. It says love never works ill towards its neighbors. Anytime we hurt someone else, we can rest assured that we aren't loving them. We put ours, we are putting ourselves first. So anytime you hurt someone, okay, you can assure you're not walking in love. That means you're putting yourself first. So we're talking about serving. So if you want to stop drifting or get out of this drifting that you're in, if you're drifting, you know, away from God, if maybe you didn't recognize it, maybe you didn't recognize you were drifting until I began to teach on this. Well, you're drifting. If you're not serving in some capacity, then you drift away from God. If you're not in some type of community, you're drifting. Away. If you're not spending time in the scriptures with God, spending with getting to know him, you're drifting. If you don't have a prayer life, you, you, you're drifting from him. Okay, these are the things that we need to do in order to make sure we stay connected with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Once again, God wants an interrelation with you. He wants us to be affecting. We talked about here how, you know, what God has a plan for your life. He has already mapped out good works for you to do. As you seek him and as, as you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in the direction that God has planned out for your life. It, you can know what God has planned for you. A lot of times people, when you talk to people, say, well, I don't know what God come to do. Well, are you are you spending time in prayer with him? Are you spending time in scriptures um, talking to him? Are you in community, connected with a ministry? Um, serving him in some type of combat. These are the things that we need to be doing in order to know what God has for us so we can avoid drifting away from God. You know, and what we what has happened is maybe you allow the busyness of life to get you away from these things. And I often tell people, you have to make time for God. We're always looking for a convenient time to serve God. Well, I got this and I got this. And, and I'm not saying this to minimize the things that you have. We all got things going on. We know you may be taking care of some sick, you know, parents or elderly parents, or you got kids, you got a husband, you know, you got your job, you got all different kinds of things going on in your life that needs to be taken care of, that needs attention. 
you know, some attention. And we're not knocking that. But my thing is, you you have to find time so that you don't drift away. You have to find time for God so that you don't allow life to just take you away from um, a close relationship with God. You have to find time, whatever, whether it's five minutes, whether it's 10 minutes. You may not have a whole lot of time. You may have five minutes here, 10 minutes there during your day, you know, 20 minutes here. Um, you know, so I'm not going to say it's not going to be easy, but it's important that you make time for him so that you don't drift away. So that you don't drift away from him. So you don't become, um, you know, your life doesn't become a routine of just doing this. and that. No, you want a life that's filled with purpose. Okay. That God has called you and he has a purpose for your life. You want those things. Okay. And the only way to have a fulfill, fulfilling life is to have a connection with Jesus Christ. Otherwise, you're drifting. You're just drifting away. You're just living life. And once again, you know, say maybe you're saved, maybe you're not saved. Because if you're not saved, once again, accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Believe that he is forgiven for you for your sins. Okay. And watch what you say. And receive him as your Savior. You can say that right now. God, I believe that you have forgiven me for my sin. I receive you as my, my Savior. You know. And if you said that, you're saved. You're born again. But then after that, now you have to find what God has called you to do and to, to build this intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And so to keep you from drifting, you know, these are things that, you know, I encourage you and that's unnecessary for you to do in order to live the life that God has called call you to live. Live this abundant life. Because it's more than just missing hell. This life with Jesus Christ. It is about getting to know the Father what through Jesus Christ. So let me pray for you. Father God, in the name of you, I thank you for every ear that's hearing this. God, I pray that they will develop a hunger for you. Because we know the enemy has distracted them they have gotten away from the things of god but i pray for that person now that they reconnect with you and they begin to seek you on serving you on being a part of the community god i pray right now that they will have develop a intimate prayer life spend time in the scriptures so god that you they will become connected with you hear from you on a daily basis you speaking to them leading and guiding them allowing the holy spirit to order their steps and i'm thinking for the person that you're doing this for right now god thank you that they're receiving your word and god thank you that their lives are being changed as you reveal yourself to them and i give you glory i am praise in jesus name we pray amen once again we thank you for listening I encourage you to go back and listen to all these messages um, on drifting so that you, you know, maybe listen to them a second time, a third time, you know, and to just really get a understanding of the things that you need to do to keep from drifting because we don't want to drift away. We don't want to get so far 
to the point that hey, we just forget about God and he just an afterthought. That's what we don't want. That's what the enemy wants. But we want to stay connected to him and the things he's called us to do. And so once again, next week, we'll be starting a new series. So once again, I said, go back and and study these um, these lessons and these teachings and, you know, just get a hold of them. So you will know what God wants you to do and just begin to meditate on the scriptures that we talked about. You know, but I say once again, we thank you for listening. We'll be back again with you next week on a different series. I thank you for listening. Once again, share this with a family member or a friend if you um, think they, they will benefit from hearing these messages. And we are definitely appreciated. But once again, also, if you like what you're hearing, um, encourage people to listen. And we also invite you to listen to our Bible service on Thursday night at 7 p.m. Once again, thank you. And we'll be back with you again next week. Thank you again and bye-bye.